Well, a special announcement, something we've been working for for a long time here at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I'm Pete Mundo, a host of the show that many of you listen to every single week covering the Big 12 Conference. Been working for a long time on trying to build out uh, more team-specific, uh, state-specific podcast networks for this league. While I'll cover the entire conference, if you want more in-depth on what's happening with your team, happening in your state, that's what these new shows that we're building are going to do. And we're happy to welcome on a guy who you're going to get very familiar with. But heck, many of you in the state of Oklahoma already know very well. And he's Eric G. He's our new host of the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You want to call it the Bedlam podcast for the Heartland College Sports Network. He's going to be in charge of that. He's also the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on the Sports Animal in Tulsa, 97.1 FM. Eric, it's great to have you here, and we are thrilled to have you on board, my man. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm excited to do this. Um, there's, there's nothing better than getting to talk Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for three hours a day and then just add to that the rest of the week because if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing it behind the mic, I'd be doing it at a bar or actually more accurate, I'd be doing it with my father sitting in the living room on the weekend. <laughs> so I, I figure I might as well be productive. That, that's kind of, so when you approach me about this, I'm like, yeah, I might as well do it and get paid for it. I'm going to do it anyway, so why not? <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly right. That's our attitude. You know, we've had a lot of mutual friends for a very long time, and um, I'm so glad this is working out. So just go on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, search Heartland College Sports, and you'll start to see a lot of these uh, new shows popping up, including this one with Eric, that will focus on Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You know, the big news uh, this week, Eric, that I'd love to to get your thoughts on is the report that came from Chip Brown at Horns 247. And the report said uh, that Oklahoma and, and Texas are probably hanging around until 2024 in the Big 12, mostly because Oklahoma's got to figure out how to get the buyout money of about $80 million. Uh, what do you make of that report based on what you've heard within the state and around Norman? Well, the first thing I thought was, okay, there's part of me that went, thank God, because if you watched OU last year, I think if you've watched OU over the last eight seasons, okay, and then this goes back prior to Lincoln Riley being there, I don't think any OU fan, any anybody who covered OU would tell you, could, could tell you truthfully, they thought you could go into the SEC and be any better than where Ole Miss is right now at this moment. Uh, you'd be better than Arkansas. You're, pro- you're, you know, obviously better than maybe Tennessee, Vanderbilt, but you're not close to where um, Alabama has been over these last few years, or Georgia is right now, or LSU has been in, in the past. You, you have been behind that, and this gives them some time with the new regime and Brett Venables to to, to get one a different kind of player in for Oklahoma. It's not that you haven't had talent, but you need a different kind of player on defense. You need bigger, stronger, more athletic. You need to worry less about stunning. And on offense, um, even though you're still going to you know, spread them out um, with Jeff Levy being the offensive coordinator, it also does give you an opportunity to hopefully imp- you know, implement a physical-style running attack to go along with spreading things out. So you get some time to beat up on, you know, still a very weak Big 12. I mean, outside of Baylor and Oklahoma State, this is still not a very good conference. So it gives you some opportunities 
um, to get better. And hopefully by the time you go into the SEC, even if you're not exactly where Alabama is, you're not far enough behind them where maybe just being in the SEC, you make some big-time recruiting inroads and big-time inroads into the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm intrigued to see what that transition looks like. And I, I actually want to backtrack and get your thoughts in general with this move for Oklahoma. I get it from a money perspective. I get it from, uh, you know, the standpoint of wanting to be in the SEC, not getting left behind. But is there a party that has serious concerns about this move when it comes to the wins on the field and the uh, prestige of Oklahoma football when it does join the SEC? No, not really. Um, it, it would Had Lincoln Riley stayed the coach, yes. Really? Um, yeah. Had Lincoln Riley stayed the coach, a- absolutely. I mean, come on, let's, let's be honest. And I get it. I'm in the minority here, but if anybody listened to my radio show for three years, you know, Pat Jones, that poor, that poor man, Pat Jones, that poor (laughs) man, every, every week OU played win or lose had to listen to me bitch about the fact that OU's defense is terrible. And it's terrible because we don't have not just a good defensive coordinator, but we don't have a CEO running, running the program. Okay, you've got a guy that is so entrenched in the offensive side of the ball and has given the offensive side of the ball such priority that he just didn't care. I mean, Lincoln Riley did not care about the defense. I think I honestly believe the only reason he fired Mike Stoops is because of pressure. And you bring in Alex Grinch, who is off that Mike Leach tree and had his best year as a defensive coordinator working with Mike Leach. That should tell you something. The fact that, I mean, Lincoln Riley is Mike Leach. He's just a better-looking version of him. He (laughs) wins the exact same way, and he's just had better players. And as we've seen with Mississippi State, there's a limit to what that kind of program can accomplish. You can win a lot of ballgames. You can get a lot of fast athletes. You can score a lot of points. But eventually – you're going to top out and you're not going to win a national championship. And depending on how these, you know, if it's divisions or pods or whatever, you're not going to be able to compete with Nick Saban, Kirby smart type teams. So yeah, had Lincoln Riley still been the coach, I'd have been nervous about it overall because I know that there is a deep, deep commitment to football in Oklahoma and the people in Oklahoma or the people around Norman will do whatever it takes to win and they've had an SEC mentality, um, maybe even before the SEC had an SEC mentality, um, tells me that, you know, they'll be just fine going into this. In fact, I would I think it would have been interesting in the past had OU been part of the old Southwest Conference because we always think about how maybe the SEC runs dirty. Well, no conference ran dirtier than the Southwest Conference. And if you know anything about OU's history, they would have fit right in with that. Um, they would have they would have been doing everything they could to get players. I mean, maybe you don't do it as well as A and M did at that time, but you know they they would have they would have fit in. And and that kind of mentality still permeates Oklahoma. I mean, it's clean. You've stayed off the NCAA's radar, and. If that is a concern going in, I have no doubt that those that write the checks will figure out a way to win because that's all they want to do. With Oklahoma, we're with you. Mm -hmm. Win or win. (laughs) That's it.
there is there is there is no lose. So they'll so they'll be just fine in the SEC. Is your confidence that high in Brent Venables, or is it just that you were that low on on Lincoln Riley taking this program to the next level? It was it was that because I was that low on Lincoln Riley taking it to the next level. Gotcha. And you had seen I if you're honest, if you break down OU schedules ever since he's been here, they got worse every year. Now, it's easy to kind of disguise because you were still going to Big 12 championships. You were still cranking out Heisman winners. You were putting a lot of points on the board. But you also found yourself, when you came up against Alabama in the um, college football playoff, you had to come back from way down to make that a football game. And then you got embarrassed by LSU. And that should have sent all sorts of bells and you know, alarms off about, my God, how how far down is OU? OU should never be that far away from LSU. Even if LSU is a historic team, you ought to be able to at least put guys on the field that can make it a game, and you didn't even do that. And you just never got the feeling with Lincoln Riley that OU was going to be any better than what they were in 2017. They were going to win and take advantage of a crummy conference, but they were never going to be that upper echelon Mm-hmm. football team that you wanted and I think you're probably going to see the same thing at USC and the, you know the the evidence will bear it out I could be wrong about that you know I really bet I could be wrong about that he may win a national championship at USC but yeah my confidence in him was very low with him being able to compete recruit and be have teams that were tough enough because oh you never oh you never had a tough team you could never say man those guys are tough those guys hit those guys seek out contact no that's not Lincoln Riley's style his style was the defense plays great it's a bonus if not we'll just outscore you mm-hmm. interesting okay and that's and that's probably good enough to get you what nine and three eight and four in the SEC every year you need a you need someone with a Brent Venables mentality and I think if Venables is the CEO just runs the program and hires people around him to do the day-to-day operations, do the game planning, do the practice planning. Um, If there's a period in practice where he commits to the inside run drill and makes sure that it's physical, then I think he'll be fine. Oh, you will be fine. Um, But you need that type of guy in. You need a tough coach, not, a finesse coach, and OU would become a finesse program, and finesse does not win in the SEC. We're talking to Eric G. He is the latest addition to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. He'll be talking Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on his show. You can find it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts by searching Heartland College Sports. Eric, I'm going to take a quick break, come back. I want to talk some Oklahoma State with you if that works. Oh, perfect, man. Can we talk about Colin Oliver? Can we talk about my man crush? Let's do it. Let's do it. That'll be next with Eric G right here on Heartland College Sports. We're talking to Eric G. He's our latest edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Pete Mundo. He's going to be talking Oklahoma, Oklahoma State with you once a week for the foreseeable future here on heartlandcollegesports.com and also wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Eric, on the Cowboys front, this magical season came up half a yard short of I think what would have been a college football playoff berth, I believe they would have and should have gotten that four seed over Cincinnati. 
if they had beaten Baylor in that Big 12 title. What is a, a realistic encore, though, for this team as we get ready for spring ball? Uh, I have a realistic encore for Oklahoma State. I would say nine and three. I, anything anything less than that should be considered really a, a, a disappointing season. I think, especially when you look at their non-con this year. Now they don't they're they're not playing Tulsa, um, which somewhat disappointing. So I, I like to see them play that game every year. But you've got three non-con games that you should win with Arizona State being the being the toughest of those three. So, you know, between UT Arlington or wait a second, I'm looking at the bat I'm looking at the I just pulled up the basketball schedule. My dumb ass pulled that up. <laughs> um let me pull up. I know they play I know they play uh Arizona State uh this year, but with, with all right, you play Central Michigan, Arizona State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. So you should go into that matchup, you know, at Waco three and oh. Yes. Um, you're playing a Baylor team, obviously in Waco, that's going to be tough, but that's a game you can win. You got Texas tech at home, which is always, for some reason, that's always a tough game for Oklahoma state. Uh, but I think it's, again, it's another winnable game. They've got a new regime. They're trying to figure out, figure out things there. You follow that up with TCU, who is also another school who is breaking in new regimes. Who the hell knows about Texas? I mean, and then you follow it up with K-State, KU, Iowa State, and then you're at Oklahoma. I mean, I would think that you could easily finish nine and three, ten and two. I think nine and three, even with that schedule, is probably a disappointment. Um, you've got a veteran defensive line coming back. Colin Oliver, who was the biggest and best surprise in the Big Twelve, um, should get bigger um, and should be a more physical presence even than he was last year. It wouldn't shock me to see him lead the conference in sacks. Hopefully you get Trace Ford back. And if you put both of those guys on the edge, there's not a better edge rushing tandem in the Big 12 than those two. Mm -hmm. Spencer Sanders, um, Spencer Sanders will always be a question mark, but what you hope, and we can't know for sure, is can he build off that Fiesta Bowl performance that he had? Because dude was clutch. And, and Spencer Sanders has clutched genes. If he can just keep it out of the, of the opposing team's hand, he'll be good. Running back, you've got some questions there. Offensive line will always be a question in Oklahoma State. Um, but as long as you've got Spencer Sanders and his ability to run and you've got the playmakers that you do at receiver, which Oklahoma State always seems to, to have, you're going to have uh, Braylon Presley, his brothers coming aboard, um, Tarbury Shetron, Talon Shetron out of Edmond, you know, the twins out of Edmond Santa Fe, those guys should help Oklahoma State. I think you're looking at another bang up year for the Cowboys. Even if they don't get to the Big 12 championship this year, they should be in a pretty good bowl game. And what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for some big time long term success when this new Big 12 comes around because. OU fans that think that OSU needs OU to get good players, no. OSU is always going to get the same kind of player, no matter what conference they're in. I mean, people aren't just going to go be walk-ons at Arkansas because Oklahoma State isn't playing OU. Mm -hmm. You give a kid a scholarship, he's going to continue to go. And they've done a very good job of finding kids and make nobody, nobody in the Big 12 
Okay, and I get it. OU fans scoff at this all the time because they try. They look at the star rankings. Okay, I, I don't believe in the star rankings. I believe in the eye test. And what Oklahoma State does is if they can't get in on a kid, they don't waste their time with him. They go find the next guy. They get him on campus. They get him with Rob Glass, and they make him better. And I have seen with my own eyes. I watched Colin Oliver from high school to the time that he got on campus in Oklahoma State. Night and day does not even describe the difference of what that kid was physically. Saw him in December. Goes on campus. See him at spring. It's a world of difference. And then there's a world of difference between spring and August. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you tell me who does a better job of developing people. Malcolm Rodriguez from one season to the next yeah. um, physically transformed his body. Don't tell me if you know football, if you know what it means to train and develop kids and not just sending kids into the NFL, developing them for college. No sane individual can tell you anybody does a better job than Oklahoma State. And they'll just continue to do that. I, I love this team this year. And I don't know – and I like the fact that you brought in Derek Mason. But you told Derek Mason, you're not going to change the defense. We're going to do what we're going to do. So you better know how to work within our system. We're not screwing things up for these kids. Terminology, the way they line up. All that stays the same. And if they continue to attack, because I don't think anybody in the Big 12 did it better than them as far as attack, loving contact, and just being fundamentally sound. Like, I'll argue all day long. I think they're the most fun, they were the most fundamentally sound defense I saw last year. Now, Georgia, had, Georgia was the best defense I saw and had the best athletes. But as far as technique, getting to the ball, and delivering a blow, Nobody did it better than Oklahoma State last year. I just the immense amount of respect that I have for this program is it may be second to none. I think Mike Gundy does a hell of a job and takes a lot of abuse, and I don't think people understand everything that he's up against, and I don't think they necessarily get just how good a job he's done at Oklahoma State during his tenure there. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that, you know, we're going to look back whenever Mike Gundy's done and say, boy, that guy Mike Gundy wasn't too bad. Uh, Eric, I got a minute. What's the over-under on, on how long you think Gundy does this for at Oklahoma State? How much longer? Um, his Okay, so let me see. I think his son, his youngest son, is still water high for one more year. So I think once his youngest son comes on and completes college, that's when Mike Gundy walks walks away from it. Um, I thought he might walk away a couple of years ago, but he just seems to find he seems to find new, renewed energy. He's he's ageless in, in some respects. Um, takes really good care of himself. So I would think after his second son completes Oklahoma completes his journey at Oklahoma State, that's when you see Mike Gundy step away. It's gonna be fun. Hey Eric, it's also gonna be fun to have you uh, be a part of this show, doing your own show, obviously as part of this uh, podcast network with Heartland College Sports. Can't wait to to hear what you've got to say, and we hope everybody goes checks it out. Subscribe right now, and it's gonna be awesome, man. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Pete. Boy, are we excited about building this thing out and having a guy like Eric G on board doing a show with us at Heartland College Sports. Go subscribe. Sign up, be a part of the show, and uh, you're going to get great, great Oklahoma and Oklahoma State content from him. I'm Pete Mundo. That's it for us.
And you want to talk about extra content, by the way. Uh, we're going to be, of course, doing our radio show next week for the Big 12 tournament here in Kansas City. I'm going to be here. I am always here. That's where I'm based out of. Uh, Matthew Postens is going to be in Kansas City with me next week covering the tournament. And we'll have a lot of extra content up on this podcast as well. We're going to do uh, several shows, previewing games, getting you ready for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, we are very, very excited about that and uh, what's to come. So be sure to hit that subscribe button on this show if you haven't yet. All right? Because, boy, there's a lot that we're going to be diving into live in Kansas City. The two of us will be here doing shows, breaking it down. And as always, there'll be a ton of content, ton of content on the website as well. So previews, getting you set for games. It's going to be a great week uh, to be a part of this show and be involved with what we are doing. Tell your friends, not the Big 12 coverage, um, you know, you're going to get anywhere else. We appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com.